Friends, listeners, hello. Welcome to the Voice of Love broadcast, where we can experience God's love and start on a new journey. I am your host, Katherine Mills. Today, we'll be sharing with you some recitations of God's words. This program will air at the same time every week. If you'd like to enjoy more inspirational programming, please check out the Church of Almighty God website at www.holyspiritspeaks.org. There is the truth you wish to seek and the sweet spring of life that you need. God's words irrigate your dry and thirsting heart and guide you on the road ahead. Please listen to this excerpt from a recital of God's words. Beholding the appearance of God in His judgment and chastisement. Like hundreds of millions of other followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we abide by the laws and commandments of the Bible. Enjoy the abundant grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and gather together, pray, praise, and serve in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all this we do under the care and protection of the Lord. We are often weak and often strong. We believe that all of our actions are in accordance with the teachings of the Lord. It goes without saying, then, that we also believe ourselves to walk the path of obedience to the will of the Father in heaven. We long for the return of the Lord Jesus, for the glorious arrival of the Lord Jesus, for the end of our life on earth, for the appearance of the kingdom, and for everything as it was foretold in the book of Revelation. The Lord arrives and brings disaster, and rewards the good and punishes the wicked, and takes all those who follow Him and welcome His return into the air to meet Him. Every time we think of this, we can't help but be overcome with emotion. We are thankful that we were born in the last days and are lucky enough to witness the coming of the Lord. Though we have suffered persecution, it is in return for a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What a blessing that is! All of this longing and the grace bestowed by the Lord make us often sober unto prayer and bring us together more often. Maybe next year, maybe tomorrow, or maybe even sooner, when man does not expect it, the Lord shall suddenly arrive and shall appear among a group of people who have been attentively waiting for Him. We are all contending with each other, none wanting to fall behind, 
in order to be the first group to behold the appearance of the Lord, to become one of those who shall be raptured. We have given everything, regardless of the cost, for the coming of this day. Some have given up their jobs. Some have abandoned their families. Some have renounced marriage and some have even donated all of their savings. What selfless devotion! Such sincerity and loyalty must be beyond even the saints of ages past. As the Lord bestows grace upon whomever He wishes, and has mercy on whomever He wishes, our devotion and spending we believe, have already been beheld by His eyes. So too have our heartfelt prayers already reached His ears, and we trust that the Lord will reward us for our devotion. Moreover, God was graceful toward us before He created the world and none shall take away God's blessings and promises to us. We are all planning for the future, and take it for granted that our devotion and spending, our bargaining chips or stock for our rapture into the air to meet the Lord. What's more, without the slightest hesitation, we place ourselves on the future throne, presiding over all nations and all peoples, or ruling as kings. All this we take as a given, as something to be expected. For thousands of years, the living have passed away, taking their longings and dreams with them, and no one truly knows whether they have gone to the kingdom of heaven. The dead return, and they have forgotten all the stories that once occurred, and still follow the teachings and the ways of the forefathers. And so, as the years pass and the days go by, no one knows whether our Lord Jesus, our God, truly accepts all that we do. We simply look forward to an outcome and speculate about all that will happen. Yet God has kept His silence throughout and has never appeared to us or spoken to us. And so we willfully judge God's will and disposition according to the Bible and the signs. We have become accustomed to the silence of God. We have become accustomed to measuring the rights and wrongs of our behavior using our own way of thinking. We have become accustomed to using our knowledge, conceptions, and moral ethics to replace God's demands of us. We have become accustomed to enjoying the grace of God. We have become accustomed to God providing assistance whenever we need it. We have become accustomed to holding out our hands to God for all things, 
and to ordering God about. We have also become accustomed to following doctrine, not paying attention to how the Holy Spirit leads us. Moreover, we have become accustomed to days in which we are our own master. We believe in a God such as this, whom we have never met. Questions such as what his disposition is like, what his possessions and being are, what his image is like, whether or not we will know him when he comes, and so on, none of these are important. What's important is that he is in our hearts, that we all await him, and that we are able to imagine what he is like. We appreciate our faith and treasure our spirituality. We consider everything as dung and tread all things underfoot. Because we are the followers of the glorious Lord, no matter how long and arduous the journey, no matter what hardships and dangers befall us, nothing can halt our footsteps as we follow the Lord. A pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeded out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. On either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bore twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. Revelation chapter 22, 1 through 5. Every time we sing these words, our hearts brim with surpassing joy and satisfaction, and tears flow from our eyes. Thanks be to the Lord for choosing us. Thanks be to the Lord for His grace. He has given us a hundredfold now in this time has given us eternal life in the world to come, and if he asked us to die now, we would do so without the slightest complaint. Lord, please come soon. Do not delay a minute longer, for we desperately yearn for you and have forsaken everything for you. God is silent and has never appeared to us, yet his work has never stopped. He looks upon all lands and commands all things and beholds all the words and deeds of man. His management is conducted in steps and according to his plan. It proceeds silently without dramatic effect yet his footsteps advance ever closer to mankind, and his judgment seat is deployed in the universe at the speed of lightning, 
immediately followed by the descent of his throne among us. What a majestic scene that is. What a stately and solemn tableau. Like a dove and like a roaring lion, the Spirit arrives among us all. He is wise. He is righteous and majestic. He quietly arrives among us, possessed of authority and filled with love and compassion. No one is aware of his arrival. No one welcomes his arrival. And moreover, no one knows all that he will do. Man's life remains unchanged. His heart is no different, and the days go by as usual. God lives among us like an ordinary person, as a most insignificant follower and an ordinary believer. He has his own pursuits, his own goals, and moreover, he has divinity not possessed by ordinary men. No one has noticed the existence of his divinity, and no one has perceived the difference between his substance and that of man. We live together with him, unconstrained and unafraid, for we see him as nothing more than an insignificant believer. He watches our every move, and all of our thoughts and ideas are laid bare before him. No one takes an interest in his existence. No one has any imagination of his function, and moreover, no one has any suspicion about who he is. We merely continue our pursuits as if he has nothing to do with us. By chance, the Holy Spirit expresses a piece of words through him. And though it feels very unexpected, we recognize that this is the utterance of God and we readily accept it from God. That is because, regardless of who expresses these words, as long as they come from the Holy Spirit, we should accept them and cannot deny them. The next utterance could be through me, it could be through you, or it could be through Him. Regardless of who it is, all is the grace of God. Yet no matter who the person is, we should not worship them, for regardless of anything else, they cannot possibly be God. We can by no means choose an ordinary person such as this to be our God. Our God is so great and honorable, how could He be represented by someone so insignificant? What's more, we are all awaiting the arrival of God to take us back to the kingdom of heaven. And so how could someone so insignificant be qualified for such an important and arduous task? If the Lord comes again, it must be upon a white cloud visible to all. How glorious that will be! 
how could he quietly hide among an ordinary group of people? And yet, it is this ordinary person hidden among people who is doing the new work of saving us. He does not clarify anything for us, nor does he tell us why he has come. He merely does the work he intends to do in steps and according to his plan. His words and utterances become ever more frequent. From consoling, exhorting, reminding, and warning, to reproaching and disciplining, from a tone that is gentle and kind to words that are fierce and majestic. They all instill both compassion and trepidation in man. Everything that he says hits home at the secrets hidden deep within us. His words sting our hearts, sting our spirits, and leave us ashamed and humiliated. We begin to wonder whether the God in this person's heart really loves us and what exactly he intends to do. Perhaps we can only be raptured after enduring such pain? In our heads we are calculating about the destination to come and about our future fate. Still none of us believes that God has assumed flesh and works among us. Even though he has been with us for so long, even though he has already spoken so many words face to face with us, we are still unwilling to accept someone so ordinary as the God of our future. Much less are we willing to entrust control of our future and fate to someone so insignificant. From him, we enjoy an unending supply of living water. And thanks to him, we live face to face with God. We are only thankful for the grace of the Lord Jesus in heaven and have never paid any attention to the feelings of this ordinary person who is possessed of divinity. He still does his work humbly hidden in the flesh expressing his heart's voice, seemingly insensible to mankind's rejection of him, apparently eternally forgiving of man's childishness and ignorance, and forever tolerant of man's irreverence toward him. Unbeknownst to us, this insignificant man has led us into step after step of God's work. We undergo countless trials, are subjected to innumerable chastenings, and tested by death. We learn of God's righteous and majestic disposition, enjoy, too, His love and compassion, come to appreciate God's great power and wisdom, witness the loveliness of God, and behold God's eager desire to save man. In the words of this ordinary person, we come to know the disposition and substance of God, come to understand God's will, come to know the nature and substance of man, 
and see the way of salvation and perfection. His words cause us to die and cause us to be reborn. His words bring us comfort, yet also leave us racked with guilt and a sense of indebtedness. His words bring us joy and peace, but also great pain. Sometimes we are as lambs to the slaughter in his hands. Sometimes we are like the apple of his eye and enjoy his love and affection. Sometimes we are like his enemy, turned to ashes by his wrath in his eyes. We are the mankind saved by him. We are the maggots in his eyes and we are the lost lambs that he thinks of finding day and night. He is merciful toward us. He despises us. He raises us up. He comforts and exhorts us. He guides us. He enlightens us. He chastens and disciplines us, and he even curses us. He worries for us night and day. He protects and cares for us night and day. He never leaves our side. And He devotes all His care to us and pays any price for us. Among the words of this small and ordinary flesh, we have enjoyed the entirety of God and beheld the destination that God has bestowed upon us. Yet despite this, Vanity still stalks within our hearts, and we are still unwilling to actively accept a person such as this as our God. Though He has given us so much manna, so much to enjoy, none of this can usurp the Lord's place in our hearts. We honor this person's special identity and status only with great reluctance. If he does not speak up to make us acknowledge that he is God, then we will never take it upon ourselves to acknowledge him as the God that is soon to arrive, yet has been working among us for so long. Wherever God appears, there exists the truth, the way, and the life. You're currently listening to our broadcast, The Voice of Love. If you'd like to enjoy even more music videos, recitations of God's words, choral works, musicals, stage plays, and gospel films, please visit the Church of Almighty God website at www.holyspiritspeaks.org. You can also email us at info at almightygod.church or call our Gospel Hotline at 1-347-422-1980. Please keep listening to our program. The utterance of God continues, and He employs various methods and perspectives to admonish us what to do and express His heart's voice. His words carry life power and show us the way we should walk. 
and allow us to understand what the truth is. We start to be drawn to his words. We begin to focus on the tone and manner of his speaking and subconsciously begin to take an interest in the heart's voice of this unremarkable person. He makes painstaking efforts for us, loses sleep and appetite for us, weeps for us, sighs for us, groans in sickness for us, suffers humiliation for the sake of our destination and salvation, and his heart bleeds and sheds tears for our numbness and rebelliousness. Such being and possessions of his are beyond an ordinary person and cannot be possessed or attained by any of the corrupted. He has tolerance and patience possessed by no ordinary person, and his love is not possessed by any created being. No one apart from him can know all of our thoughts or have such a grasp of our nature and substance or judge the rebelliousness and corruption of mankind or speak to us and work among us like this on behalf of the God of heaven. No one except for him can possess the authority, wisdom, and dignity of God, the disposition of God, and what he has and is are issued forth in their entirety from him. No one apart from him can show us the way and bring us light. No one apart from him can reveal the mysteries God has not disclosed from creation until today. No one apart from him can save us from Satan's bondage and our corrupt disposition. He represents God and expresses the heart's voice of God, the exhortations of God, and the words of judgment of God toward all mankind. He has begun a new age, a new era, and brought a new heaven and earth, new work, and he has brought us hope and ended the life we led in vagueness and allowed us to fully behold the path of salvation. He has conquered our whole being and gained our hearts. From that moment onward, our minds become conscious and our spirits seem to be revived. This ordinary, insignificant person who lives among us and has long been rejected by us? Is he not the Lord Jesus, who is ever in our thoughts and whom we long for night and day? It is he, it's really him. He is our God. He is the truth, the way, and the life. He has allowed us to live again, to see the light, and has stopped our hearts from wandering. We have returned to the home of God. We have returned before his throne. We are face to face with him. We have witnessed his countenance and have seen the road ahead. At the time, 
our hearts have been completely conquered by him. We no longer doubt who he is and no longer oppose his work and word, and we fall down completely before him. We wish for nothing except to follow the footprints of God for the rest of our lives and to be made perfect by him and to repay his grace and repay his love for us and to obey his orchestrations and arrangements and to cooperate with his work and to do everything we can to complete what he entrusts to us. Well, friends, that's it for our program today. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to enjoy even more music videos, recitations of God's words, choral works, musicals, stage plays, and gospel films, please visit the Church of Almighty God website at www.holyspiritspeaks.org. You can also email us at info at almightygod.church or call our gospel hotline at 1-347-422-1980. May God bless us. See you next time. His man.